our long, cruel nightmare is coming to an end. EA Sports is bringing back a college football game. I'm Kevin McGuire. We'll talk about that in today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. It is National Signing Day, and there's not going to be a whole lot to talk about as far as Penn State is concerned, but we'll touch on it very briefly. There is some major non-Penn State-related news, or at least directly related news, that we're going to have some fun talking about today. We are going to talk to Thor Nystrom from NBC Sports about yesterday's groundbreaking news from EA Sports, saying that they are bringing back a college football video game. So much to dive into with that. But of course, when we have Thor on, we are going to make sure we talk a little bit about the NFL futures of a couple of former Nittany Lions as well. So lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a fun episode. Happy to have you here along for the ride. If you want to make sure you never miss a single episode, make sure you are subscribed in whatever podcasting app you may be using right now, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're on radio.com. You can listen to us on Amazon Music. There is no short of ways to access the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave a rating. Make sure you leave a review when this episode is over. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and about the podcast in general because your feedback really does help us build something that is going to continue to grow and we want you to be a part of that. And we could not do it without you guys. So subscribe, rate, review, help us out along the way. And we want to make this something that you want to come back to and share with your friends and your family and of course your fellow Penn State fans. Of course, there are a number of ways to stay connected with us as well. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch, all using the username Locked On Nittany. So, like I said, today is National Signing Day around college football. And if you listened to us last month, or I guess back in December, really, there wasn't really a whole lot of surprises to be made with this regards to Penn State's recruiting class. It was always going to be one of the smaller classes out there. We've already seen the ins and goings of the transfer portal helping to create a more finalized roster for Penn State moving forward. So when you take a look at the team rankings that are going to be put together for the class of 2021, when all is officially said and done today, you're not going to see Penn State you know, skyrocketing up the rankings. They're going to be sitting pretty comfortable where they currently are. As I'm recording this on the eve of National Signing Day, they're currently at number 24 in the composite rankings over on 247sports.com. Again, with one of the smaller classes out there. So you have to keep in mind, it's more about quality than it is quantity with regards to this class of 2021 because Penn State was always going to have one of those smaller classes. And when you have one of those smaller classes, it's hard to climb up some of those rankings. So coming in with a top 25 class, if all things hold where they are, there may be some um, moving up, moving down. There might be some slight adjustments on the rankings based on what some other teams do. And again, not really expecting any real big surprises out of Penn State today. So you're looking at a top 25 class in all likelihood. And that to me, I think is a pretty good sign moving forward. Certainly, if you don't really follow the recruiting scene, I don't necessarily follow it that, that closely. But everything that I've gathered suggests that Penn State is going to have a good quality class. You just have to keep in mind it's going to be smaller than what a lot of other schools are able to sign 
with this recruiting class. So as I'm looking at it right now, Penn State's got five four-star players. No five-star players, but again, five-star players don't really come all that easily unless you're Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State. And just to compare, Alabama's leading the way with seven five-star recruits uh, as of the time I'm recording this. Ohio State's got five, Georgia four, LSU two, and Clemson three. Texas A&M and USC, Oklahoma, Michigan, they all have one. Miami's got two. Florida and North Carolina have one. Wisconsin has one. We talked about that one before. That was one that got away, I think, for Penn State. But Texas and Maryland each have one. Uh, You have to go all the way down to the Washington Huskies, who are currently at the number 33 class. They have one five-star player. So, again, not a whole ton of five-star players out there. Would it be nice to see at least one go to Penn State? Oh, of course it would. You would always take a five-star player. But... You're talking about a class that has five four-star players among its 15 players, and the other 10 happen to be three-star players. So three-star players can develop into some very good quality contributors for your program. I see no real reason to be pressing any alarms as far as Penn State recruiting is concerned. It's already off to a great start for the class of 2022 as well. So now is a good time to start turning that page because it does look as though Penn State's recruiting class is pretty much finalized. Again, Maybe there's a surprise out there. I don't know, but it does look as though Penn State is moving forward with a class that is top 25 worthy. Again, we'll see what the final rankings have in store. I don't know if we'll get a chance to touch on that in tomorrow's episode. I might have to wait till Friday based on when I'm recording everything. But again, don't expect too many surprises on this National Signing Day for Penn State. But it does look as though there is a pretty good recruiting class coming together. I did not get a chance to check out the Mike Yurcich uh, press conference uh, or Zoom call, I should say, but I will get a chance to listen to that and we'll react a little bit more to that in tomorrow's episode. And again, we'll see if there's any updates on where Penn State is going with uh, regard to the tight end coach. As we mentioned in yesterday's episode, Tyra Bowen's reportedly going to join Urban Meyer with the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, be a part of his coaching staff at the NFL level, leaving a pretty notable vacancy on Penn State's coaching staff. I've mentioned before, James Franklin's got a pretty good eye for bringing in good quality assistant coaches, so I don't know what the solution is. Again, I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon, so there's very well there very well could be an update on that by the time you're hearing this, so if there is, we'll definitely react to that in tomorrow episode as needed but in the meantime we are continuing to see just what Penn State's going to do with that tight end position coach because that was a, that has become a very key role on this Penn State coaching staff the tight ends have developed very nicely under Tyler Bowen which is one of the big reasons why he's going to get a chance at the NFL because he has worked with some NFL caliber talent in the last few years and now I'm very curious to see where Penn State goes with that we mentioned in yesterday's podcast the possibility of Adam Renneman potentially being a candidate. Uh, again, as I'm recording this, very fresh into this news here. So I don't know if there's necessarily any traction for that. But again, we'll just keep an eye out to see what Penn State's going to do with that tight end coaching vacancy. And of course, we will react to it as necessary. But with all that out of the way, I want to have some fun because I am a big fan of the, fan of the NCAA football franchise from back in the day uh, for EA Sports. I've been playing it for a very long time, even dating back to the early years of Bill Walsh College Football on the Super Nintendo. Uh, of course, the NCAA 14 was the last iteration of the game before EA pulled the plug on the series, or I should say put it on ice, put it on the shelf until ready to return to it. Obviously, a lot of legal battles. Yesterday's big news from EA directly announced the return of a college football video game. 
We're going to get into a lot of the details about that coming up in our next segment with Thor Nystrom from NBCSports.com, Roto World. Very interested to see what he has to say because if you don't follow him on Twitter, first of all, do that. And of course, he is a huge fan of the NCAA football franchise, just like me, but I think he's a little bit more invested than I am even. He's one of those guys that continues to play those dynasties, gets real in-depth with it. So I'm very much looking forward to sharing his reaction to some of the news. And we're also going to get a chance to check out some of his reactions to some of the Penn State talent that's heading off to the next level because that's one of the things that he does for NBCSports.com. But before we get to that, guys, I want to remind you that now is a great time that if you're looking for the perfect protein bar, look no further because Built Bar is here for you. That's right, Built Bars, they are the protein bars that taste just like chocolate bars. And maybe you've kind of slipped on one of those New Year's resolutions to kind of maintain your weight a little bit better. Well, guess what? There's no better time to hit a reset button. It's the beginning of the month, uh, beginning of a new month, and there really is no excuse because if you're looking for something that is going to help you feel full, going to help you feel energized moving forward, and you just want something that's going to satisfy you either, either before or after a workout or just kind of getting through that mid-morning crunch to, until you get to your lunch break or until you get a chance to go home from work. I'm telling you, Built Bar is the perfect solution. They are bars covered in 100% chocolate. They come in so many flavors to choose from, including coconut almond, German chocolate, peanut butter, mint brownie, salted caramel, which is one of my newer favorites that I've just recently discovered. It's one of their original flavors, but I just had a chance to have one recently. It is phenomenal. There's also apple almond crisps, carrot cake, cookies and cream. There's a little bit of something for everybody, and some of these flavors sound too good to be true. Well, I'm telling you, you got to check out some of the flavor profiles for these. Take the peanut butter one, for example, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams sugar, five grams net carbs. And that's the thing. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're great for a keto diet. They're great for anyone looking to lose or maintain their weight. If you want to check them out for yourself, I highly advise you to do so. Just go to builtbar.com and when you place your order, remember to use the promo code locked on. You're going to get 20% off your next order. And while supplies last, they'll even throw in a free cooler. So take it from me, get that order of built bars, enter that promo code locked on. When you get them shipped to your house, put a couple built bars in your refrigerator. Throw that in your cooler when you go to work the next day or go to the gym, whatever the case may be. You're going to have a nice, cool, refreshing protein bar. It's going to help you feel full. And it's going to be fun to eat as well. One more time, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our brand new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our, all of our local experts. So start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I could not be more excited to bring on my next guest for this episode of Locked On Nittany Lions because... I know that there is probably few people out there that are as excited about some of yesterday's big news from EA Sports than this guy, Thor Nystrom, Roto World NBC Sports college football writer. Thor is one of the biggest college football video game fans I am aware of, and he also has some good insight on the NFL draft process. We're going to talk about both of those topics of conversation, but first and foremost, Thor, welcome into the podcast. How are you doing today? Uh, like we were talking about Epic Day. Um, I mean, like you talk about like the top 20 days of my life. I, I would have to put this one on there. I know, I know we're doing it like one day in the future, but the announcement from EA today, um, we were talking about it before the show, but sort of unexpected. Um, we both expected the game to come back, but weren't expecting them to just drop this announcement. It's just super random for it to come. So I, I am jacked, man, on top of the world, super pumped to talk to you about it. 
I, I think the timing of it is probably designed to because I think EA Sports knows that today, the day that this podcast is going out is National Signing Day. So I don't know if it's total coincidence that this is happening the way it is, but we're going to get into all of that. But first, I wanted to bring you on. I want to throw a couple questions your way about some of the Penn State players that are going on to the next level. Uh, you know, Kind of get your take on where you see some of the prospects that have been coming out of Penn State over the years under James Franklin. Is this a, a football program that is starting to put more players on the map as far as the draft process is concerned. I mean, Penn State's always been on the NFL draft map, but is there anything different about what you're seeing about some of the prospects coming out of Penn State in more recent years under James Franklin? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, just if you were going to point at one trend, I think coming into this year, you know, or, or this, this, you know, this past season, I think it would be, you know, the past couple of combines, we've seen a noticeable jump in athleticism from Penn State prospects. You know, it's something that you point to and on Twitter, it's almost even a joke, like, you know, what's, what's sort of in the water there, you know, like, you know, what, what, you know, what, what are those guys doing in the weight room over there? But th they have had some ridiculous testers, not just the guys you expect, but Penn State's one of those schools that every year they send a random guy there and he just blows the door off of the testing so I would say if there's one specific thing that Franklin and his charges have done there it's to markedly improve the athleticism of of the players the prospects coming out there um, which has naturally sort of increased the the value of those prospects of the NFL as well and certainly this is going to be a little bit of a different experience leading up to the NFL draft obviously the combine is going to be a completely different experience but that's what makes uh, going to an event like the senior bowl a little bit more important probably for some prospects I know Shaka Tony was certainly there at the senior bowl kind of taking advantage of that experience any uh, reaction to Shaka Tony and the senior bowl experience and whether or not that has helped him moving forward yeah, I mean, you know, I wasn't down at, at, at the Senior Bowl, but, um, you know, it's it's an event that, you know, th this year was totally different, you know, for the media, because a lot of people like me just had to cover it remotely. Um, you know, great opportunity for a guy like Shaka Tony. Obviously, he got a lot of exposure. Um, but for all these different guys, you know, we were watching the one on one reps, you know, like the the trench reps, these guys are sort of going through. It's like a, you know, for, for people that um, haven't watched, it's sort of like a round robin tournament, you know, when you're especially when you're watching the trench guys going through the one on ones. And then, you know, the cool thing afterwards you're, you're sort of watching it on tv and then you know afterwards you get to see like the pff data of how people did you know what their win percentages were and, and you sort of it, it is sort of a true round robin type test so um you know different experience this year for sure but um yeah like and and this year you know just as a sort of general comment it's going to be a totally different uh draft experience i mean just like last year was um last year it interrupted the you know covid interrupted the pre-draft process this year obviously it interrupted the whole entire season leading up to to that that draft um, you know, the drafting question. And so this year it's going to be even more, I, I think, unknowns, you know, because it's going to inter introduce guys who both opted out, you know, who, who we may talk about here. Um, and then also guys like, you know, Trey Lance, for instance, has, you know, he's, he's historically an experience for a first round quarterback prospect, but it introduces all kinds of guys like this that are going to be giving the NFL um, sort of resumes that we've never seen before. We never had to parse through before from an NFL draft perspective. Yeah, you mentioned players opting out. Obviously, at Penn State, the most notable opt-out was Michael Parsons, a linebacker who was going to go into the 2020 season highly regarded among the top defensive players in the country, I think, from a lot of people. I don't know if specifically where you had Michael Parsons uh, ranked in your kind of rankings, but I would imagine he was pretty high. Uh, but obviously, opting out for the season, very curious to see what impact that may or may not even have on what his draft outlook is going to look like. Any thoughts on what we should expect from Micah Parsons? Yeah, you know, I, I was on a radio show in Florida today and they asked me a, a sort of a similar question about Gregory Rousseau where they asked me like, you know, Gregory Rousseau opting out, do I think that hurt him? And 
Um, you know, before the season, there was a popular notion, specifically with Gregory Russo, that opting out was really going to hurt him because there was the idea that, you know, he was a sort of one year wonder. And while he had, you know, ideal measurables and, and ideal athleticism, and while his one season, he had put up ridiculous stats that some of those stats it had been sort of smoke and mirrors, you know, and he, he played against some bad tackles and, you know, some of the stuff had been schemed or, you know, sometimes he'd been unblocked or whatever. And so, you know, people wanted him to come back and they wanted him to prove it. Um, well, the issue, like if, if you look at the rest of the edge class, there's no one that really compares with Russo in terms of, um, you know, in terms of ceiling, like, you know, the, there's guys that you like, you know, Basham and like so, some of these other guys, but like, you know, if, if you're just looking at, you know, in terms of like, you know, the upside in terms of the frame, the athleticism, the overall picture there, and then in terms of what we've actually seen on the field. Um, I mean, like you just don't have a guy that you can sort of put the data points up against. And with Parsons, it's sort of similar where, you know, it would have been great to see him come back. Sure. But he'd already put the stuff up that we needed to see. And no one really came out and passed him this year. I mean, and, and really some of the guys that were close to him, they noticeably regress. I mean, Dylan Moses, for instance, would have been one guy before the season where you're like, Oh, you know, uh, Micah Parsons, he's, he's opting out. That's, that's a big risk, right? Because, you know, Dylan Moses, he's right on his tail and, you know, Dylan Moses coming back, he's coming off injury. So now Dylan Moses is going to be able to pass him. All right. Well, that didn't happen at all. Uh, Dylan Moses came back and his, his game was even down, you know, further than it was pre-injury or whatever. So he he's, I mean, th there's even more distance than there was before. Micah Parsons didn't have to play to create, you know, that extra distance and then some of these other guys just in terms of ceiling they're, they're just not there with them you know like I mean you know you can go through the list Chaz Surratt's a great player but you know he doesn't have that ceiling Nick Bolton I, I really like Nick Bolton but he, he doesn't have Parsons' ceiling um, you know the Notre Dame kid he's he's a fun player but he's he, he's just not the same kind of a player so um, you know long story short is I, I think Parsons is in the same spot that he was in before I think he's the top linebacker in the class so you would have him going pretty highly, or, or I should say, pretty early in the draft. He's going to go top a, half of the first round for top, sure. Top half, okay. Because yeah. I've seen I've seen a couple of mixed reactions, and I'm just kind of curious. You know, I'm wondering, you know, are people just uh, emphasizing different positions differently? It seems to be one of the cases, but you're certainly uh, in favor of him being in the top half. So that's encouraging news, I think. If you're Micah Parsons moving forward. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, you know, for Michael Parsons, why would you come out and, and, and risk it? It would have been, you know, so, some of these nebulous ideas, again, that you're competing against some of these guys, you know, and they could, over, but it didn't end up happening. So, I mean, for both him and Rousseau, you know, they, they may have gotten fortunate. Um, you know, you could certainly argue that, but you know, whatever it is, they still stand in the same positions. Nobody, nobody, they, they, someone had to come out and get above them. And in, at least in my opinion, that did not happen. Now to your point, Parsons may filter down a bit down the board because of, you know, the linebacker is not off ball linebacker is not quite as valuable a position as some of these other positions. Um, that's something that's outside of his control. You know, so Penn State fans might have seen, you know, in the preseason, they might have seen, you know, Michael Parsons, maybe they saw him third or fourth in mock drafts. And who knows, maybe at the end of the day, maybe he goes 12th or, or, or 13th. That doesn't mean that his stock fell. It, you know, it's just going to be a confluence of factors. It probably mostly has to do with, you know, the position thing, the position need and, and you know, the idea of position valuation. Yeah, a lot of things with the draft is, you know, what teams are drafting and what do they actually need? You know, a lot of teams may not need that linebacker. They may need a quarterback. They may need a wide receiver or a lineman, something like that. So, again, things are out of Micah Parsons' control, but still looks like he's a pretty safe bet to be going in the first round. Curious, do you see any other Penn Staters with a chance to be hearing their name in the first round? Or is that going to be a round two, day three kind of thing? I like Freermuth a lot. Um, I don't know if he goes uh, round one at the end of the day. I think his uh, athletic testing is going to be uh, really interesting because like with the ball in his hands, that kid is ridiculous. I mean, like 
you know, like if you, if you think back to like guys, tight ends with the ball in their hand, just running downfield, like who's been harder to tackle, um, you know, like just immediately your, your brain brings up Gronkowski. Um, Hawkinson was really hard to tackle, but it was in a little bit of a different way where Hawkinson, you know, he would jump more and, and a little bit more agility where Freer was just, he's just such a beast. It's going to be really interesting again, to see the way that he tests athletically because the frame is there. The strength is there. He's got the ball skills. He's got the ridiculous catch radius and all that sort of stuff. Um, so he, you know, he could move up uh, depending on that stuff. Obviously Pitts, he's not going to pass Pitts, um, right. but, but he is the the true inline guy um, where Pitts is just sort of like a, a super jumbo, you know, advanced receiver, you know, kind of like a next generation kind of receiver kind of a guy. Um, so I do like him. I always, you know, is, is a good player. I think he's round two probably. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to think who else I'm, I'm, I'm missing there. Um, you know, it, it was a down year for Penn State, obviously, you know, it's, it's not going to be, you know, quite the, the same crop that we've seen in, in recent years, but they still have some really intriguing uh, prospects in this class. If you haven't jumped into online gambling just yet, now's probably a good time to do so, but you want to make sure you're doing so with a website and a source that you trust. And there's really only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag, and when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. And guess what? Unlike other gambling websites that are out there, they are not going to cap or limit how much that deposit is going to be. A lot of times there's a limit on how much that bonus will go into your account. Not at betonline.ag. You drop $10 in for your initial deposit, they're going to give you $5. You drop in $100, they're going to give you $50. You drop in $1,000, they're going to give you a $500 bonus on top of your initial deposit. Really, there's been no better time to get involved with that. and You're not going to find that kind of deal anywhere else so go ahead and sign up for your account today at betonline.ag use the promo code locked on get that 50 percent welcome bonus on top of your first deposit and start making your picks now for all the nba action the college basketball action nhl pucks and of course the big game coming up on sunday why not take advantage of this opportunity right now so don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts. Betting on whatever your favorite sport is doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Since we were just talking about Pat Fryermuth, uh, why is having an elite tight end such an advantage in NCAA football 14? That was one of the questions that was brought to me by uh, a listener of the podcast, Matt Formey. I would love to hear your take on that one. Yeah, I love I love playing with premier tight ends in NCAA football um, in, in in the game. So and and one of my favorite things to do on on offense. So like, you know, obviously I do the custom playbooks, you know, and I, I play in. Um, at this point, I think I play in four online dynasties. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm playing five. You know, sometimes down to three. But you know, I think right now I'm at, I'm at four. And I do the I do the custom playbooks depending on you know my team. You know, I, I'll switch it to the team. My favorite kind of team is is a team that has two stud tight ends and a, and a team with a dual threat quarterback because then you can run the up tempo offense where. Um, you know, I'm, you know, you can, whether it's, it's, it's the run, whether it's the read option, um, and then the play action passes, and then you can go right into the passing game seamlessly. 
um, when uh, last, not this past year, but the, you know, the year before with Iowa, the, the last year where they had both Fant and Hawkinson, that team was one of the funnest teams to play that year with that roster pack. And then see, and, and for people that are like, what are you talking about? That game hasn't been out since 2013. Uh, there's people offline that, that update the rosters and have up, updated the rosters on, on the forums every single year since, uh, you know, NCAA uh, 14 came out. So every year we've been playing with the, the same game, but you know, with the updated rosters or whatever. And that Iowa team was just so fun. Cause you could just, you could impose your will on people running the ball. Cause you had Tristan Wirfs as well. And, you know, Alaric Jackson and, and Linderbaum and stuff. You had, you had an awesome, awesome offensive line. You also had two stud tight ends. And then if you just played up tempo, you're going to control the line of scrimmage. You're going to wear down their front. Um, and then you could start taking deep shots and shots down the seam and, and, and stuff like that. They're, they're very difficult to stay with one-on-one -on -one. typically in that game. Um, to cover an awesome tight end to when you're playing an, another good user, you're going to have to do something um, with a, either a safety or your middle linebacker to take away a good tight end. Um, it, it's, it's just one player on the field that uh, you cannot trust the, the, the computer to defend. Um, because like if you, if you have a big tight end that can move around, um, one guy is not going to be able to, um, you know, take him away in coverage. So you, you have to have another plan with guys like that. They're, they truly are like chess pieces in NCAA football. I think and if you got two of them, uh, you're cheating. Cause like I said, you can run that up, up tempo thing. And it's like, you know, there used to be that Tennessee Titans thing where they said they wanted to do exotic smash mouth. And it was kind of a joke. You can actually do like an exotic smash mouth type offense of your own in NCAA football, but like a real one where it's like, you know, this sort of up-tempo thing, two tight ends and just kill people is awesome. Now, you see, this is why you are the perfect guest for me today to talk about this next topic of conversation. But before I do that, I just want to say we're doing a video chat as I'm recording this and I'm seeing your eyes light up just at the <laughs> topic of the best way to use a tight end in NCAA 14. It's the only reason I still have a PlayStation 3 hooked up to any TV right now. I, I don't know what system you're playing NCAA 14 on, but as you were saying, there's Same. a very loyal community uh, following that game uh, that has been updating the rosters, has put out updated mods so you can get updated helmets and uh, updated uniforms, all that good stuff. It's phenomenal what that community has been. And now the whole community is rejoicing because we got word from EA Sports that they are bringing back a college football game. I'm not going to say the NCAA football franchise, although it's basically that. They put out the announcement on Twitter saying that they're going to be bringing back EA Sports College Football, I think is at least the working title. And it's going to be a couple of years before we get there, maybe two to three years. I, I don't know what the exact timeline will finally be, but the, the work is underway. We're going to get a college football video game. Thor, your reaction. I, I was thrilled. Um, I was thrilled. You know, like we said before, I, you know, I was surprised about the, the, the timing of it. Um, because if, if you are going to wait a couple of years, I don't know why you announce it now because, you know, EA, whenever they've been asked about it in the past, they had always been pretty open about the fact that this is not on us. The, the reason the game's not out, it's not because of us. It's, it's because sort of the NCAA won't allow us, you know, the, the players, they'd be happy to take, you know, the money for their likenesses and we're happy to pay it. It's just that, you know, there's this sort of impediment because of the rules to doing so. Um, and so I'm not surprised that, that, that EA is willing to do it because they know they're going to make money. They're happy to make the game and they're happy to pay their, their portion to the players. Obviously I think the players would be willing to, too. We've had this one party standing in the way of it. Um, you mentioned the thing about the, the name of the game, which was kind of interesting today. Um, they're not calling it NCAA football. They're calling it EA sports college football. So 
Um, they're sort of skirting around the NCAA thing. Um, we heard today that they had um, gotten licenses individually from uh, 100 plus teams so far. I don't know if um, it seems like those are FBS teams. I hope they also are going to attempt to include FCS teams in this game. In the last last version of the game in FCS, it's like directional FCS teams, you know, fictional yeah. ones like FCS, you know, Northwest, FCS or whatever. East, FCS West. It's stupid. Like I, yeah. I want to play with, you know, NC, you know, not NC State, North Dakota State. And I, you know, I want to play with those kind of teams. You know, I, I think that would be a, a, a fun wrinkle as well. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to add or whatever, but um, my, my whole point is, I don't know why you announce that if you're going to wait for um, the, the naming rights and stuff like that and those laws to be changed. Um, if, if you're, if you're not going to wait for that and you're just going to try to roll back what you used to do and just sort of do it with the, the licenses and the schools and the stadiums, and, you know, you're going to name quarterback number five, and he's sort of going to appear to be like, you know, Al, you know, Bryce Young or whatever this year, you know, you're sort of going to try to make them seem like the starters of the, of the schools, um, why you couldn't do that, but what was the impediment to before? Why did you wait till now, if that's the case, or are you going to wait till, to do it until the, the laws change. And then if that's the case, why did you announce this today? Why are you being weird about the names? So, so there is a couple questions to it. Um, but nevertheless, I'm ecstatic that EA sports has officially puts, you know, out this formal, you know, uh, nod to the fact that they are going to bring the game back. You, you, you I mean, you have to be, I love that game. Yeah. There, there are so many questions that we have yet to find any answers for, which is fine because if the, if this timeline really is going to take a couple of years to develop the game, which I sort of understand because the last time they had a college football game was on the PlayStation 3 and whichever Xbox was out at the time. I, I'm not an Xbox guy, so I don't know. But now you're talking about you've you've missed the PlayStation 4 era. You missed the, you're going into PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, uh, maybe even Nintendo Switch. You know, I'm crossing my fingers personally, but uh, I'm not going to give up hope on that. But you're, you're talking about skipping a, a generation of hardware. So maybe starting from scratch is probably where they're going for it. So that's going to take a little bit more time. It's not necessarily as easy as taking the Madden engine, just putting on a college code of paint on it and then shipping it out because I do think that there's enough technical dif differences between the two uh, franchises, historically speaking, at least, and, you know, NCAA always seems to be a year behind Madden in, in previous cycles, but we'll see what happens here. The bottom line is they're committed to it. They're putting the work in and we're going to get a college football video game at some point in time. I'm crossing my fingers, hoping that it'll come out in time for the 2022 season. Maybe it's a little optimistic. I don't know. But uh, the bottom line is the whole community. If you just looked on Twitter, everybody is buzzing. I've been buzzing about it all day. I know you have as well. Uh, th that's just what kind of impact this game has on so many people that follow college football. And they've wanted a college football game for how many years now? Uh, now they're finally going to get it. All right, folks, that is where we're going to cut off this particular interview. But don't worry, we have a lot more from Thor Nystrom coming up in tomorrow's podcast as we wrap up this conversation, reacting to everything regarding EA Sports College Football and the big announcement. We're going to dive into some of our wish list items and put together some of our final thoughts with a question from one of you guys that is listening to this podcast right now. We're going to address that tomorrow. Who would you start a dynasty with in EA Sports College Football? And before you get a chance to hear our answers go ahead and hit us up on twitter at locked on nittany and let us know who you would be starting your dynasty with i know you're probably going to start with penn state but let's be a little bit more creative who else out there in the world of college football would you like to start your next dynasty with when this video game comes to fruition tune in tomorrow you'll get our responses as well as a couple other thoughts regarding this game again we have about 15 more minutes of this interview i didn't want this podcast to go on too long so i'm going to cut it off there and we'll put that in with tomorrow's podcast so come back tomorrow we'll have a lot more of this conversation and of course we'll touch on some of the other news and notes that may come up 
from National Signing Day and where maybe Penn State could be going for a tight end coach if that news starts to develop as well. So tune in tomorrow. Lots more conversation, lots more reaction from this and so much more revolving around Penn State football. So make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcasting app right now. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio.com, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. I could go on and on. Basically, we are available on all the podcasting apps. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcasting app, and that'll really help us out. And let us know which app you're using to listen to our podcast so we get an idea of where we are right now as far as the different podcast apps are concerned. Because everybody has a different app of choice. We want to know what you guys are listening to us on. Of course, you can also stay connected with us on all of our social media accounts. We're Locked On Nittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitch. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Don't forget to follow Thor on Twitter at ThorKU. Hit him up for all your college football video game goodness and, of course, some NFL draft thoughts leading up to the NFL draft. Great follow on Twitter. Always fun to talk to him, and we'll have him on once again uh, leading up to the draft again. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you for subscribing, reading, and reviewing, following us on all the social media accounts. Come back tomorrow. We'll finish off this conversation. We'll have a lot more fun. Let me know who you're playing your dynasty with on our Twitter account at LockedOnNitty. Talk to you guys all again tomorrow. Have a great day.